Every time I hear that, I can't have a go. Mm-hmm. Every time I hear it, I start singing along. Tonight's the night, 2.01, tomorrow morning, 2.01, just, what do we got, about 13 hours from now, somewhere there, 15 hours from now. Is this the launch of the prequel? Yep, the cool. prequel is t- tomorrow morning, Minneapolis time at 2.01 a.m. You going to stay up for it? I get up for it. Yeah, I wake exactly. up at 2.30 anyway. What's the difference? I get up a half an hour earlier. In any case, welcome to the family with... Doug Sprinthal. And Andy Bernard. And we'll be right back. Timmy Lammer sent us an, a bit of audio. I don't know if I can play. I can I get hold my microphone next to the speaker, I suppose. We'll be back with the family. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You ready? That's right. I am now. Thanks Doug for the Sprinthal, cue. Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. We are still buying cars. Uh, this chip shortage is ground on longer than uh, most of us had hoped in the spring. We thought we'd be out of it by now, but uh, it's uh, really curtailed new car inventory, and as a result, late model used cars are still quite high in value. If you have a lease car that is uh, up in the next six months, maybe a little longer and you want to get out early and shop for something different, or if it's just an extra car that you don't need, Get a hold of us. You can go to walzerbuyscars.com, and we can get you an online instant offer. Leases are a little bit more tricky. We have to uh, return them almost all the time to the manufacturer. So we were buying out Volkswagen and Ford leases, but those manufacturers no longer will let non-OEM uh, branded dealers do that. So if you have questions, as always, you can email me at doug at walzer.com. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. 
Rock out, man. That's all I have to say. Well, I'm going to wait till Doug gets back anyway. What I'll probably do is uh, when he gets back, I'll, I'll, I would just send a nice piece of audio by Tim Lammers. It has to do with the uh, Sir. the Saint, Saints movie. Now, Mr. Gelfand, are you going to watch the Mafia movie uh, tomorrow morning at 2.01 a.m.? 2.01 a.m.? That's that's pretty much, well, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm just starting to uh, kind of relax then, you know, have that, uh, have that glass of milk, maybe mm-hmm. a cookie. Well, certainly. The There's, night has just begun. The yeah. night has just begun. So how are you doing, nothing, Mr. Gelfand? You know, nothing good ever happens before 2 a.m. Uh, I think you're right about that. I do absolutely think you're right about that. Nothing good could possibly happen. I want to try to play a piece of audio here just to see if you can hear it, and I'll turn it off right away. I just want to make sure you can hear it. Here we go. <laughs> Yikes. It's fine. Hold on a second. Hmm? Is it going to work? Uh, it's recycling. Or it's cycling right now. Nope. Oh. You cannot. No? That's too bad. Yeah, no YouTube links, Tim. What are you going to do? YouTube. Ever since they started running commercials, they've gotten really cocky. Have you noticed that? YouTube? They've been running commercials for ages. No, I'm talking about the, um, the volume of commercials which they run. Holy oh, well, yeah, God. Of course. So, Mr. Gelfand, what's happened in your life? Uh, Sprinthal just walked in, of course. You know, he's got all these things to do. Big shot. Oh, come on oh, now. Yeah. I've unlocked a secret to parenthood. You have? You know when you're, you go through that phase where your kids won't take your calls or call you back? or Like now? Do you ever go through that? Oh, you still go through it? Oh, yeah. Send your daughter to college in England. Every time you call, she'll answer uh-huh. the phone right away. She's got nothing better to do? <laughs> well, she's adapting, let's say. It's, mm-hmm. Is she liking it? Um, she's sick. She got a cold. Her whole, oh, all her flatmates have been just like hacking up lungs for the last couple of days. Oh, but I, I think she's going to be fine. This is a big step for her. She just turned 18 and going overseas and, you know. Don't ever say I, flatmate uh, in front of me again. <laughs> flatmate, is that bad? I, I was showing my Anglican roots. Yeah, there you go. What are you saying? I found go- my first week of college, first, well, first month, to be so uh, mysterious and bizarre wonderful and scary that uh i uh I, i'm glad i recovered i, I was there yeah. about a month when i when i had my first uh, really uh, serious college relationship oh you did and uh, and yeah and and because i'd kind of been you know let's just say i had been spent most of my life well before and after in a cocoon of despair sounds so, familiar uh, <laughs> Is that the so third what? floor at Marshall U or the second? I don't remember. Yeah, there you go. I, you know, I, I did not go to Marshall University. Oh, I High thought school. you did. I went to University High School. Oh, but not Marshall University. No, we were actually the last graduating class from from they they shut the place down huh. after we graduated. They basically said we don't like the trend here. We don't like the students <laughs> we're turning out. <laughs> These people have no future, so we're just shutting it down. And apparently uh, I was an improvement. <laughs> I guess. No, I have to so, check uh, in with you guys on one thing. What is it? What do you mean graduate? What does that mean? Yeah. Well, that's that's the that's the word that eluded me in college. That's for sure. College At the anyway. University of Minnesota, and I got to talk about that. But just to finish the story, so um, I, um, I I I met I met this girl. She was uh, you know very pleasant. Naturally, she was a shiksa, Tom. Sure, of course. Yeah. She was she was blonde, blue eyed, and I think she found me to be um, 
sort of delightfully frivolous in her own way. You know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And uh, so um, after after we'd you know we'd been together for oh, I don't know a few weeks, uh, 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 a friend of mine said, "Oh yeah," he said, "I know. Uh, well, what should I call it? Why don't I call her Trash L?" <laughs> That's a good. I name. only say that because the word Trash L has now come into the idiom. I don't know if you read the story about the about Corey Lewinowski. Uh, sexually harassing this this uh, this donor from uh, I think Idaho or something, mm-hmm. and I believe her first name was Trashell. Mm. Trashell. You named your daughter Trashell. That's that was I believe oh. that was her name. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so the guy said, "Oh yeah, you know I know Trashell. Yeah." He said, uh, "Of course, you know she's uh, you know she's got that uh, fresh you know the freshman fifteen thing going right." Mm-hmm. I thought it was a reference to weight. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank you, mm-hmm. thank you. Sounds like you were dating Sybil, Sybil Shepherd from the Heartbreak Kid, Mike. <laughs> oh, if only, huh? I just watched that again with my wife about uh, two months ago. I had Charles Grodin was great in that. Oh, he's a hell of an actor. Yeah, he was. He was very, very. Oh, good. Charles Grodin, and you know what else he was great in was was the uh, the Heartbreak Kid. Mm-hmm. They did a, didn't they do a, somebody else did a, uh, a riff on it. Uh, there was the Heartbreak Kid modern version or something. But the Heartbreak Kid, what, that Heartbreak Kid, it was uh, Elaine May's daughter, Charles Gordon, Groden, I'm sorry, and um, Eddie Albert. Oh, sure. And that was a, that was a classic. Even if, it didn't matter if you were straight or maybe just slightly uh, ripped a little bit. Well, it was made in the seventies, so yeah, right. Well, that's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. So, um, but it was it was hilarious. And in the climax scene, he flew a hang glider right through the stained glass yep. window of the basilica. The right? basilica, yep. Huh. I wanted to do that many. Times. <laughs> yeah, I bet you did, damn Catholics. But it would be yeah. That's the thing. It would be it would be a hate crime for me. It would. Yeah, it'd be a hate crime for you. Can't be doing it, man. No question no. about it. No way. There's no doubt about it. You can you get AOC going after you. She won't just go after Israel. She'll go after you now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. When they start making it personal. Yes. <laughs> that's exactly right. Uh, what a world, man. We were talking about that this morning a little bit. Could anybody be any angrier than they are? My God, people are angry. Yeah, they're, they're getting more pissed off every day. And, it, and I, I'll tell you one thing, it makes me mad. <laughs> well, I'm, I can see that, Mike. I don't. I don't really have the luxury of anger anymore. No. I mean, I, I. I. It's not that I never get angry, but it's like you know things. I used to like. I. I I'd lose. A, I'd be sitting here at my computer, and uh, I'd. I'd. I'd lose a, a two thousand dollar return on a horse Ooh. when the horse got disqualified. Well, in the in the old days, I would uh, I'd always be holding a pen, so I would throw the pen against the wall, you know, and break the pen. Mm-hmm. Sometimes leaving splotches of ink on the wall. Now I just shrug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to shrug. Anger is a young man's game. That's yeah. a possibility. Oh, we got Henry on the phone. We got our guest on the phone, Henry Fambro. How you doing, Henry? Hey, hey, how you doing? Oh, we got some breakup on yeah, the phone. Could could we get you to call again? The the line's breaking up like mad, Henry. If if you could just call back quickly, that'd be wonderful. All right. Thank you, sir. Yeah, yeah that's pretty bad. Back. Yeah, that that happened uh, 
that happened on the morning show this morning oh, too. So it? I think that for so well, you know, we've had all these power outages uh, all yeah, over all over the, the area, and apparently the phone lines have had some problems themselves. So mm. hopefully Henry will get a nice clear line when he I calls just back. talked to England and it was fine. Well, what the hell? Maybe Mercury's not in retrograde. Leave over there. me alone. How about that? <laughs> you, you believe this, Gelfin? I got nothing but. Doug Sprenthal going after me. It's just hideous. Terrible. All right, let's see if the line's better now. Henry, is it a cleaner line? Henry. Okay, I'm here. Much okay. better. Good. Yeah, that's much better, Henry. Thank you very much for your cooperation on that one. Ladies and gentlemen, Henry Fembro with us. The Spinner's first all-new original album in nearly 40 years. The aptly titled Round the Block and Back Again. Henry, i got to tell you right up front, and this is absolutely true, uh, we had the Spinners, we had the OJs, we had uh, you know, Marvin Gaye. You guys saved my life back in the in the late 70s and early 80s because I was a teenager. I know this is hard to believe, Henry, but I had a bit of a, a little anger problem back then, and listening to your music brought me right back, Henry, so thank you. You didn't even know you were doing it, and you did it. Well, maybe you did because, it, you know, you did it for a lot of people, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, we're, yeah it's, it's like it, it's in the blood. Me, you know, it's in my blood, and uh, that's that's all I wanted to do from from the time when I when we first started. You know, even when when Harvey Fuqua was uh was the Moonglow became our first manager, and um, we recorded that's the girls were made for. Ooh. and it, it's we just been going, going, going ever since. You know. And the, the excitement is still there, and then the, the, the enthusiasm is still there. And whenever I walk on the stage, I see the excitement in the fans' face, and they always welcome us, you know. So it's going to be it's the same thing all over again, you know. Yeah. Henry, i, I got to ask you something, and, I, you know, this is just my personal belief because it's been my favorite, my favorite music my entire life. Um, I'm not a big rap music fan and the reason i'm not a big rap music fan is that you don't hear r&b anymore now you can rap all you want but you got to right. throw me an r&b station at the same time you have to well rap if you're rapping you don't have you you don't have you don't have that feeling right you know the song you don't have the music you don't have the music to to uh uplift you you know and if you're rapping all you're doing is, is Putting your favorite rap out there and what you think and what you what you think people are doing, but most of the fans want to hear music. You know, yeah. music is the background to everybody. You know, music is, is is your life, really. You know. No, I was being very serious about that, Henry. I, I literally, I would, you know, as a as a mid-teen to late teen, you get in those moods. You know, you get all depressed because you don't your brain's not working properly because you're a teenager. Listening to your music, Henry, I'm serious. Listening to your music helped me out greatly. Marvin Gaye, I went down the whole, the Four Tops, the Temptations. It was music where I grew up, and I would listen to that. And, and Henry, the thing about it is 99% of the time, that was feel-good music. It was about meeting a woman. It was about dancing. Oh, yeah. It was about it, having fun. Everything was back, back then, the music was your life, you know? Yep. I mean, it's, it's the feeling that the music gives you. It's a great feeling that you get from the music. And uh, just it, music was, was it, you know. 
there was nothing else at the time, even today, that give you the feeling that music gives you, you know, because it's part of your life, you know. No, there's no question. And I, Henry, I can still look back and remember all it. Matter of fact, I was in a band from the time I was 11 till I was 19 years old, and I got to do from okay. uh, from the Temptations when they did it. Uh, people talking about how you have uh, three outside children and another wife, and I would go, and that ain't right. <laughs> I got to do that part, Henry. I was very excited. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't beat it, you know, because it's the, it's, it's the feeling that you can't explain because it's, it's, it's like it's, they say it's in your soul, you know. No, there's no question. Within your soul, and, and you feel it, and you, you can't explain it, you know, but it's there, you know. Now, how did, how did music happen in your life, Henry? Where, first of all, where did you grow up? I grew up, I grew up in Ferndale, Michigan. Oh, okay. Uh, I went to Lincoln High School. I went to Ferndale High School. And um, the guys and I went to school together. And back in 61, I was drafted. You know, you at back then, you know, you, the Army came and got you when you turned 18. <laughs> oh, yeah. So <laughs> yes. the Army drafted me. I, I spent two years in the service. And the spinners was, was carrying on until, until I got out. You know, when I got out, I got back with them, and we kept on going, you know. God, I just think it's wonderful. I'm looking down the list of your music and all the great songs from, you know, Rubber Band Man, I'll Be Around, Working My Way Back to... God, you... Great music, Henry. Really great music. Thank you. And uh, the music is... is, is you, you contribute that to our producer at the time was Tom Bell. Mm-hmm. That, that came out with, the, with all those great hits, you know. But from the beginning, it was Harvey Fuqua, like I said before. And and that was, that's what girls are made for, him and Gwen. Gwen Gordy, Barry's sister, they got married, you know, they were married. Right. And so that's what girls are made for, put us put us in, in the uh, limelight. And uh, that, that was a top sort of hit for us. And so that what put us in the limelight. Put us, put our name out there so the people remember us, you know. So from then on to now, that's, that's the way it is. <coughs> Which is how it should be, as a matter of fact. Is that now? Why? Why has it taken forty years, Henry? Forty years to do another album. Why? Why so long? Well, we've been traveling around the world, you know, and sometimes you you, 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 you can't do things right after one another all the time, okay? And this, there was a lull between our recording and, and the album that we get out now. And uh, with the way it came came about is, 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 is great because we had time to, to travel, time to think about recording, and all the time that we... It was in between. Everything came together with with, with, with this album, you know, and uh, our producer collected the material, and uh, hey, it, it, it just it was right for us at the time. Sometimes you have to just let things play out, you know, and uh, it played out good for us. 
played out very good for us. Well, it played out good for all of us because we got to enjoy your music. Now, I need a favor from you, Henry, because uh, the album The Spinner's Leap Year Extra, I need you to get me one of those suits and send it to me. You remember the suits on the on the, on the album cover? Remember the this, your, the suits you guys are wearing on the album cover of Leap Year Extra that the lost songs from the Spinners, from Soul Tracks. You know that cover? Uh-huh. You got some. You got a suit on there. I need that oh. suit. Henry, don't send it to him. The man can't dance. <laughs> oh, that's nice. <laughs> uh, it's fine to me what you're saying. Now uh, I, I want to make sure make sure I know what, know, know what you're talking about. There's an album cover, and the, the five of you are on the front of it, and you're wearing these powder blue suits, and they got, like, white highlighting on them. They're very classy. For, first of all, people need to know that when the spinners hit the stage, the spinners were dressed to the nines. You guys always dressed very well. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, that, that came from uh, from, 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 from uh, uh, the man that made our, made our clothes for us from California. And uh, I'm trying to think of, I don't forget, man, it's been so long. Uh, he, um, and at that time, you know, he made all all our clothes. He, he was a, he, he, he sold all our clothes, and his ideas were great. And, uh, you know, and I'm trying to think of his name. I, 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 I It's slipping my mind right now, but um, it, 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 it's his it's his mind for the uh, for the clothes that with that, that he presented to us was great, man. Everything was great. Yeah, you know? yeah, it was. No, there's no doubt about it. Uh, by the way, this summer they return. Yeah. Uh, of course, first album in, in nearly forty. I'll be Harvey Cramp. Oh yeah, okay, all right, absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the name, Harvey Cramp. I just came right back to me. Yeah, uh, out of California, Harvey Cramp. How long did it take you guys to put together Round the Block and Back again? Oh, that wasn't. Uh, that was our producer that, that compiled the material, and it wasn't that long. That uh, once we once we got it together and presented it, and uh, we rehearsed everything, and uh, we got it ready. Got 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 it ready to to go into the studio, and so that's the way we perform. You know, we don't just go into the studio. We always live with the materials and so when we do go in the, in the studios it's like like we performing you know yeah no absolutely now henry you got to tell me you're, you're coming to minnesota for some you're gonna go out you gotta you go on tour to support the album i'm assuming you you, you got to come to minnesota don't you yeah uh-huh. i think we come in there so we we're gonna try to get one of the songs cliche into the in, into the act but it's kind of hard because we we, we want to we got to have time to live with it you know mm-hmm. and without without a schedule uh we're gonna try to we, we'll try to get it in there you know no i just think it'd be great i'd love to come and see you guys after all this time and now almost in well it says nearly 40 years again the aptly titled round the block and back again has been released. Uh, I've always loved your music. I'm, I'm, you got to come back on the show, Henry. I, talking to you for only 15 minutes is not long enough. We got a lot to talk about, so you have to come back. All right? Okay. Anytime you want me to, let let me know. Henry, you're a good man. Thank you for your time today, sir. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye, Henry Fambro, ladies and gentlemen, the Spinners.
Now, you guys, now Galfand and I are right in the wheelhouse of the right age for that. Oh, oh yeah. I, I remember um, driving, driving in my uh, Chevy. Uh, my, dad had, my dad had the, the cheapest, worst Chevrolet ever made. <laughs> and, and that's saying something, by the way. Yeah, that's true. Was it a Chevette? Because, you know, when you drove a Chevy or a Ford in the 60s, you just hope you could make it from one mechanic to the next one. <laughs> you, you know, like the idea that you could, like, take a cross-country t- trip, you just laugh at the concept. It couldn't Not be happen. done. Not happening. But, but I remember, you know, I had, I had uh, I, I'm 16 years old, I get my driver's license. I'm sure you know, you can relate to this, Tom. And all of a sudden, this whole new world of music is opened up to you. Because my parents weren't listening to uh, to soul music. <laughs> no, I suppose it, soul didn't come. You didn't have KUXL uh, on the, the Curtis Mathis. Is that the problem? KUXL. That's that's where it was at. And I remember I'm driving down. I'm driving down University Avenue on my way to school, and I'm listening to KUXL. And what comes on but Otis Redding oh. singing "Try a Little Tenderness," oh. and I had to pull over to the side of the road. I understand completely. God, Otis That was like a religious experience. (laughs) It really was. You're absolutely right. One of my favorite KUXL stories of all time, Mr. Gale fan, 1570 AM, KUXL. And you remember the nighttime disc jockey's name? Had a very good Uh, name. Was that, was that, I'm not sure. I was thinking it was Dan Pochet, but. No, he was on KQRS. Oh, that's right. I think he was on KUXL, though, before No, he that, was. Wasn't You're he? absolutely right. Yeah. But the guy that was on every night on 1570 KUXL, soul music for the Twin Cities, you're listening to Pharaoh Black. Oh, ah! sure, yeah. Remember yeah. Pharaoh Black, baby? Pharaoh Black, yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I get in a car one night, and this friend comes and picks me up. He's an African-American. He's a black kid. Comes and picks me up at the house, and we're driving around. He goes, hey, Tommy, let me ask you a question. Now, I'm going to have to not be able to use one of the words that he used, so I'll just go with the big N, if you know what I'm saying. So he picks me up. We're driving around. I don't know what you're saying. Please elaborate. Please elaborate on what you mean. So we're driving around. He goes, hey, hey, Tommy, there's this new radio station, man. Would you look for it while I'm driving? I said, okay. (laughs) You know where it is? He goes, I don't know, man. It's up like 1,400 or 1,500. It's up there. One of those deals, Okay. So I'm tuning it in. He goes, oh, I think that's it. I think that's it right there. Let's leave it right there. I'm pretty sure that's it. So we're listening. We're listening. And all of a sudden, this voice comes on and it goes, your chance to take your whole family to Hawaii. And there's a pause. My friend goes, that ain't it, man. Ain't no big ends going to Hawaii. (laughs) (laughs) It was one of the greatest lines ever. (laughs) Remember, remember the big sponsor? Well, I think maybe the, the number one sponsor was Cliff's. Remember that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Cliff's Clothing Store. And they apparently you know, had the latest fashions. And you remember this, the slogan, right? Yeah, what was Cliff's? It was phenomenal. I remember you brought this up on KQRS one time a long yeah. time ago. Their slogan was, don't be a stiff. Go to Cliffs. Don't be a stiff. Go to Cliffs. That's exactly it. Oh, yeah. God, we got to take a break, Mike. You can, be, you can stay with us for another segment, I hope. Oh, sure. Okay, we'll be back in just about three minutes more with Mike Gelfand, brand new to the podcast, to the family. We'll be right back. 
Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company, Bradley's partner. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with a lot of multi-generational, family-owned businesses. Take Raymond Auto Body of St. Paul, for example. Four generations of the Slomkowski family having successfully run the business. When they were ready to expand, we helped them acquire a new building, allowing them to service more vehicles in their state-of-the-art shop. We've also helped them set up the next generation of owners, keeping the business and family for years to come. Tom here. If you want a family business like me or any business, you should be banking with Brad and Mike over at North American Banking Company. I know them and trust them with my banking. Every time I deal with them or their team, I know I'm working with experienced, professional bankers. Sounds like we really won you over, Tommy. Well, let's not get crazy, Brad. Seriously. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience member, FDIC, and equal housing lender? You got his snazzy music playing. This little drum kit is all I have to say. It's me playing. Ladies and gentlemen, latest cast member uh, on the family podcast, Mike Gelfand, basically a member of the family for, what, about 40 years now? Because I first met you, I believe, about 40 years. Wasn't it 81 or 82, something like that? Yeah, it was right in there, yeah. At the, uh, at the uh, well, I was, the, the, weightlifting the first time contest? we really talked was I was doing a story about you in ad, for Ad Age, of course. Oh, that's right. And, uh, and I, uh, I uh, the inter- interview was it was somewhat uh, well. Let's just let's just say it was somewhat eccentric. It I conducted it while you drove around the chain of lakes drinking Diet Pepsi. <laughs> Nothing's you changed. You mean Diet Wild Cherry Pepsi? <laughs> no, that was Pepsi Light. It was lemon oh, flavored. Oh, this was before the Wild Cherry Pepsi. It was lemon flavored, Andy. But it was all and, and that. And that was and and, and uh, that was when the old man was uh, your old man. I say not the old man. Mm-hmm. Your old man was pushing a record. Well, who were you working for? Which which label when was it? Capital Records. Capital, yeah. Capital, yeah. You were pushing Capital Records, but you had a lot of you had a lot of free time, be, you know, between uh, between meetings. Well, but Mike, you pointed out one time on the air. I don't, you probably don't even remember this. You you brought that up on the air about 30 years ago on KQRS. He goes, you know, I was driving around with Tom. He's driving, and I'm interviewing him for Ad Age. And, uh, you know, I asked him, I said, well, how do, how do you get these things played? How do you get people to play your songs? And, and basically you answered your own question and said, you just threatened them, didn't you? Look, I'm not coming over there. You are going to play the song. Goodbye. <laughs> That's real. Yeah, well, basically, it. basically in those days, wasn't it sort of an equal distribution? Uh, obviously, there are a few few guys who just did it with charm, like you, right? Yes, charm. Mm-hmm. Yes, charm. Yeah. But then again, there were the two other camps, and uh, they were basically split between uh, between uh, violations of the RICO Act. <laughs> That's true. And uh, sexual favors. Mm, that's true as well. There's no. I didn't get involved in either. Thank God, no, because no, I could just threaten no, people. Didn't. Well, I think you're forgetting the other camp. The would you care for a line of coke camp? Well, there is that. Well, yeah, it's sort of. I kind of wrap that in. Yeah, that was kind of. That was table stakes in the <laughs> That's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty Part much. Part of the true. same taco. Yeah. You know, one of the greatest things about that that job, Mr. Gallifan, was, hey, I need you to play this new song. Well, we don't really want to play that. And I said, yeah, but I really need you to play this song. And they go, well, it's not really. I said, 
okay, here's the deal. You play the song or you will never see a Beatles catalog again as long as you live. Mm. <laughs> so be well, getting stuff. That's the way politics used to work, and it should work again. Yeah, you know, I mean that was that was LBJ. Uh, that, yeah, you know, you, you you got. Let's say you have. Let's just say, for example, you have two rogue senators who aren't going along with the plan. You mean like two, like a man and a woman? You mean like that? It could be. Yeah, it could, could be. be. So could you be. say, you say, look, uh, here's the deal. Um, you you play the game with us. Uh, we build a new defense plant. In your district, yeah. Oh, in, yeah. In your state, oh, yeah. Depending whether it's a rep or a, a senator, you don't go along with us. You're no longer chairman of the judiciary committee. <laughs> you are now the uh, second in in command in the wildlife and fisheries committee. Oh, that's an important position, right there, baby. That was the classic threat, and they that that did it. You got the job done. Now I have to ask you guys a question. I'm asking all three of you. Andy's here. Doug's here. Mike Gelfand uh, on the horn. Um, I got to be honest with you guys. The level of harm that people are doing to other people and the anger that's out there. I still don't know how you get to the point where you can look. If you're pissed off at me, that's one thing. But going after my, you're destroying my family. What are you doing? I, I how can people kind of rectify that in their brain, that it's okay. I'm going to go after, I'm not talking about me personally, but I'm just using me. I'm going to go after Tom, and I don't care if it hurts Catherine and Andy and Alex too bad, because I want to hurt Tom. How do you get that to work in your brain? I don't get that. I don't think it's a new phenomenon at all. Do you think it's always been that way? I mean, I don't think the crusaders were too worried about the families of the people they were crusading, or, you know. No, they, that's uh, true. That, that, but, you know, that was something important. That was religion. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly the thing. Well, it's the thing like the... Is, yeah, you know, you expect, you expect that kind of behavior from, uh, you know, from the uh, Giancante family, right? Right, right. That, that you just expect. But you don't expect it from, you know, from Jimmy next door who works down at the Ford plant. Yep. And now it's everybody. It's and got everybody, it and largely because of social media. Now everybody can be a mobster. Not, Mike, that's a great way to put it. Because of social media, which we on the KQ Morning Show nine years ago said this is going to destroy the world, and it is destroying the world, you cannot give people that much power because it will abuse it every time. Well, name a tyrant that didn't rely on people ratting out their neighbors on the regular. No, true. It's been it's going always, on forever. That's how, that's how Nazi Germany worked. That's how the Soviet Union worked. That's how Cambodia worked during Pol Pot. Yeah. Without the people it's saying, hey, by now. the way, my neighbor is doing this thing, come get him," those regimes never would have taken place, but yeah. people do it because they're cowards. Now, now, basically, every night in America is crystal knocked. Yeah. No, you're right, Mike. That's a very good way to put it, because it does remind me of, of the, the... It doesn't remind me of the entire regime, but the way they're handling things reminds me a lot of, of Nazism because they turned people against one another, and their whole edict was, if we can turn people against one another, we can control everybody. Like I said, it's yeah, all tyranny, all totalitarianism. It all has that one common thread. Yeah, it does. It's, mm-hmm. it's quite scary, actually. I, I really wish people would stop. Well, and then I, was just, I did an interview this morning on the KQ Morning Show about uh, um, not Pfizer, what was the big, Pharma, big Pharma, mm-hmm. you know, Pharma. They're the ones who came up with Oxycontin. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And well, Oxycontin is 
not in and of itself a bad thing. Well, yeah, but they had it like 15 times normal dosage so that they could make more money. Not you just blame the Germans for that. They, they, they invented all of the opioids. They did, yeah. That was during, that was during Hitler's regime, too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, before and during, of course, yeah, you know, yeah. Hitler was a meth addict. He was, and they got a lot of his troops uh, addicted to meth as well. You can march a long way when you're on meth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can march halfway through uh, Russia before you freeze to death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just uh, That's what happened. The drugs ran out, and they were like, oh, crap, it's cold. Damn, it's cold out here. I didn't notice that before. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing I will tell you is that I, I don't know how anybody can take a political position right now because all of them are driving me crazy. Republicans, Democrats, even centrists. Like, could you just calm down? I, I, I read this this morning. I had to look it up. Do you know Ben Sass is a oh, sure. Republican senator yeah, from sure. uh, Nebraska, I believe? <clears throat> he said... Uh, Reps, uh, Matt Getz, AOC, and Marjorie Taylor Greene aren't serious adults. <laughs> I love it. I thought that was pretty good. I absolutely love it. Well, when the woman started, Mike, how did you feel when AOC started crying when she, we wouldn't just get rid of Israel and let people kill all Israelis? Hmm. She started crying about that. What the hell is uh, that? Yeah, and but, uh, you know... I did not vote for any members of the squad. I just want to make that clear. No, I, I'm in the same. But, well, again, I voted for... I had the uh, opportunity to, but I did not take I, I it. I did have the opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Ilan Omar? Yeah, I was yeah, in her district. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now I don't even know whose district I'm in, and I'm happy about that. I have no idea whose district <laughs> I'm in. I got no <laughs> That's interest. when politics was a lot more fun. I'm mm-hmm. in Angie Craig's. I voted for her. I like Angie Craig. Yeah. She's been on the show. I, I do like Angie. We're going to get her back on here in a few more weeks. I, yeah. I, I like her a lot. Didn't she, didn't she have the, the uh, commercial where she was in theory, theoretically uh, paddling a canoe down the Mississippi yes. River? Yes. I didn't yes. see that one. <laughs> we'll have to tease her about that. We will. You're absolutely right. I, I that remem- that, that I rem- is definitely one of the bottom ten. <laughs> it is absolutely. I remember telling well, I like her. I like her. Tom yeah, during yeah. the election that she must be really attractive because when they tried to run the hate ads against her, you know, where they make people look just horrible. Right, right. She actually looked pretty decent. She looked really good. <laughs> yeah, she did. She did. And I like the fact that she's so open. She's saying, hey, you know, I'm gay. I have a... Uh, I don't know if she's married, but she's got a girlfriend yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah, no, she's married. Oh, she is married. I, I just like people that are right up front. Like, yeah, this is who I am. You don't like it? Kiss my left nut. Yeah, I think I love the that. Uh, absolute bottom in terms of political ads was the one from 2010 in Canada. Sam Katz, uh, he was playing like a soccer game or something like that, mm-hmm. and he accidentally kicked some kid. Oh, and so they ran it, and they go, Sam Katz, he kicks children in the face. <laughs> That's brilliant. Like he's just do, going around doing it on purpose. And I thought the nuclear war was the most. now he wants to kick most... you in the face. Yeah, exactly. Now he wants to kick you in the face. Now, you know, uh, I would say I'm uh, about as centrist as they get. And I, I you know, well, an example of that I use is Ryan Winkler. I really like that guy. He and I talk quite often. And then mm-hmm. Pat Garofalo is a, is a Republican and they're both friends. Uh, you know, one's pretty far left, the other one's pretty far right. Yeah, they're both pretty extreme in their positions, I would they say. They are. But they get along, and I get along with both of them, and I really wish people would pay attention to that. You can get along with people you don't agree with. You don't have to have them killed. Uh, that would be a At nice this position point, to take. It feels more like prison gangs. It does. You don't yeah, join one right. because you agree with them or because you like them. You join them because the alternative is that you're unaffiliated, which makes you a target. Yeah, you just you just do it for protection. Exactly. 
Is Jimmy? That's, that's why during my four-year stint, uh, you know, I had to I had to join the Aryan Nation. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. Yeah, I could see you in that. There's no question about it. You fit right in. Yeah. I bet, huh? Well, you know, I I was a, I was the librarian. <laughs> they read. I didn't know Aryans read. I think I, I think that if I ever went to prison, I would be like Andy. I would be the not not you, Andy, the Andy in the movie. I would be like the librarian, or you know, mm-hmm. sure. one of those gigs. Well, I do have a friend me. who was a librarian you? when he was in prison. Really? And he said that uh, he said it was a very peaceful time. And, uh, you know, it wasn't like one of these deals where they got to play golf on Wednesdays or anything. Right. Mm-hmm. But he, he said that, the, you know, no no one ever, you know, gave him the shiv in the laundry room. That's good. And, uh, like, because everybody, the librarian is someone that everyone needs for a favor eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. That is, that is a good You know, i got to be honest, I used to go... Visit, go visit friends from high school or whatever. I'd go visit them in prison, usually at Stillwater. Once in a while at Oak Park, you know, I'd go over there. But first time I ever went to Stillwater Prison to, to visit one of my old schoolmates, I'm standing there. I look out to the, I believe I would be looking to the south from level one. Mm. And I said, what is that? And the guard goes, it's the golf course. I'm like, what? He what? Goes, yeah, there's a nine-hole golf course at that. I don't think they play it anymore, but they... they at Oak used... Park Heights? No, it's Stillwater. Oh, Stillwater. Stillwater. There was a nine-hole well, golf course. Well, that's... That's like, yeah. what? I, I was... When I was working at the uh, at the newspaper, the, the, the Minneapolis Tribune, um, I, I went on a tour. It was, it was really a tour for, for the benefit of uh, Miles Lord, the great, the great and rather sure. uh, irascible judge, sure. an activist judge. And uh, so we got to tour the, uh, I think, do they call it C-Max? It was in those days, the maximum security yeah, yep, C-Max level. Then. Yep. And, uh, and uh, it, uh, you couldn't really hear much going on because there was a group of about 100 people uh, beating on uh, some sort of spiritual drum. Oh, sure. And, of course, they were, uh, they were ovulating. Mm. Oh, they were ovulating. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and I think probably if 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 I ever was was imprisoned there, about ten minutes in, I would I would uh, I would uh, put down my cell phone and yell, "Can you keep it down, guys?" <laughs> yeah, that'd go huge, Mike. That'd go over really huge, Pally. <laughs> I don't know. It's that's a whole different world, isn't it? You, you talk, start talking about people going to pray. Oh, that guy, by the way, that I went to visit all those many years ago. The last time I ever saw him, and this was, God, probably 40 years ago now, somewhere in that area, area anyway. Last time I saw him, he was riding a bicycle down Plymouth Avenue naked. Hmm. <laughs> I don't Boy, know why. Years would you. be kind of an adventure, huh? <laughs> I would imagine it would be an adventure, yes. Riding a bicycle naked. I pretended I didn't see him, and he didn't see me, so that was good. I didn't feel like talking into his microphone, if you know what I'm saying. There's a lot yeah, of potholes on Plymouth Yeah, I didn't see the wisdom in making contact. You know what I mean? I think that would be go under the heading of the recidivist wears no clothes. Oh, I like yeah. that. Emperor, recidivist, whatever works, man. It all works out in the end is all I have to say. Mike, what do you think about the position? And I don't, I don't want to get too serious here, but I just, I, I'm having a really hard time grew up where I grew up, of course, um, you know, being exposed to cultures and all that. 
What is the problem with these people in Israel now? Is Israel not allowed to exist anymore? What the hell are they thinking? Well, it's it's a rift. It's a it's that that goes right down the middle of Israel itself. Yeah. Yep. You know, not everybody in Israel wants uh, wants to bomb the Arabs back to the Stone Age, right. and not everybody in Israel wants to give them the right to vote or live. Right. So there actually is a middle ground there, and we don't hear much about that. Well, that's interesting. But, that's why I brought it up. But, yeah, it's more than you think. Yeah, I just, I don't understand. Uh, another thing, and, and, and again, I don't want to get serious about this, but I'm just kind of really bewildered by all this stuff. Uh, President Obama just did an interview with ABC television, and he criticized uh, Biden's uh, border policy, and they edited it out of the interview. Really? What the hell are you doing? You're editing a former president, Barack Obama, because he doesn't agree with something that's going on? I. What is that all about? Well, that started about four years ago, and I yeah, think it just kind of carried over. Yeah, you I think so. it's habit at this point. Yeah. To what? To... to, to yeah, but, I mean, how does that cross over to Barack Obama? I don't, I don't get know. it. Well, I, I, I don't know for sure, but once they started editing... Yeah. Forty-five Trump. I guess they figured, well, you know, we're then why did they edit do whatever him? we want? Well, because he was he was prone to saying some pretty outrageous well, stuff good. from time so, to time. So you expose him to the people as yeah. being the, that kind of guy. Yeah, theoretically, let the people hear and let make their own decision. It. Don't yeah, you don't have to be their mom. What do you think? You think that's the wise way to go? You let you let Trump, you let all these people go and let them talk, right? Let the people decide, right? Boy, I wish someone had edited me a few times during the morning well, show here. Me too, Mike. I'm, well, I'm shoulder to shoulder with you. There's always the dump button. Yeah, we didn't use the dump button too much. Can you remember the uh, the time was amazing. we were doing the multiple matrimony thing? Sure. Which was always a lot of fun. It was a great idea. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we were, we were out at the Mall of America, and usually it was like, what, about 50 couples or so? Yeah, that's about right. Fifty couples, and you know they—they they, most of them it was it was they were having a lot of fun, and you know finally their finally their four or five kids got to see their parents get married. <laughs> okay. And I'm not I'm not knocking it, no, you know. I, I mean, know, a I lot know. of those people, yeah. you know, it was it was a fun thing, and a lot of them couldn't afford it. So, so we had uh, we had the, uh, the Judge Happy, as he was called. Mm-hmm. Yep, Judge and, Happy. Um, and Judge Happy was was doing you know the thing where he'd do the KQRS thing, and we'd say K is for the kindness you show each other. Yes. You remember all that? Yes, sir. So this was the only time, the only time in 25 years in radio that I messed up in this way. I I just assumed that my mic was was off. Right? Oh, no. You can never assume that. Oh no. So so Judge Happy said, and K. Is for the kindness you show each other, and Q is for the the quality of life that you two will share. And then I turned to someone and I said, "And the R and S are for marriage really sucks." <laughs> Which was and, a great uh, line. Yeah, and uh, so that brought everything to kind of a halt. You guys ever thought about having a reunion with the probably four or five couples that are still married? You know, yeah, I wondered. <laughs> have you ever done any like follow ups for those? Almost all of them are still married. Are they really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Oh yeah, no, I I knew someone, um, a pretty close friend who uh, who got married there, and that was hmm. you know quite a few years ago. Very happily married, yeah. How about well, the... I think most of them were most of them were very happily married because of the fact that they'd already they already were happily married in everything but you know the law. 
That's very true. <clears throat> Another great Gal fan quote while looking at me, I remember we're there about the th- second, third year we're doing it, whatever, and we're sitting there waiting to go uh, get the thing up and rolling, and the music starts, and they would send out the first couple, right? Mm-hmm. We still, uh, Yeah, we sent out the first couple. And uh, they sent out, without telling me they were going to do it, they sent out a costumed male shark and female shark to get married to promote their their whatever no. their thing out there. And I yeah. saw them, and no one told me they were going to do this. And I'm looking at them, and Mike Gelfand leans over and whispers, Don't kill them, Tom. <laughs> you knew how pissed off I was. These people are there to get married, and you're kind of making fun of marriage by marrying puppets? I mean, what are you doing? It's like they weren't getting enough publicity out of the thing. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Boy, Mike, over the years, hey, you know, you brought up some great times. You, you, you haven't brought up the guy who broke his neck trying to win $10,000 by diving into oh. a pool of turds. What? Oh. <laughs> he well, goes, that was oh. one of the lower points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Broke his neck. Ow. Well, that money couldn't have been worth it then. It was a pretty uh, shallow pool, let me put it that way. Or pretty hard turds. Or pretty yeah. hard turds. <laughs> it was chicken poop, wasn't it, Mike? Oh, I think it was chicken it was poop. Chicken you poop. can get really was. sick from that. Yeah, he was diving into chicken poop. Yeah, you can get like all sorts of bacterial diseases. <laughs> I suppose you could. Amoebas, yeah, you don't want that. You know, Mike, I, I will tell you, though, looking back, what a thrill that was. Having you guys on there, of course, Marky Rosen was on there at the very beginning. He replaced by Passel, well, by Mark Curtis, who I ended up hating his guts. God, I hated that little prick. But anyway, um, he was another one of those guys that thought he was a lot bigger deal than he was. But uh, he, how long? I, I barely remember him. How long was he on the show? Uh, not even one year. Oh, okay, <clears throat> not even a year. He's I think just, he. I think he wound up in a market where he could be successful. Really, was that small? Well, you know, wasn't he in Arizona somewhere? <laughs> yes, I, I think he's, that's where he ended his career, somewhere in Arizona. You know, I think his act played a little better there. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. I think you're right. But but looking back at all those things, Mike, and the great times with, you know, when you and uh, you came on the show, of course, and I will never forget the argument I had to have with the general manager, like, you can't have him come on. He doesn't sound like a disc jockey. And I said, yeah, that's kind of the point. <laughs> I think you missed the point. I think that would be a good bit with uh, the, you know, call it the JQ morning show or whatever. And it's just five people, all with identical voices. Hey, man, trying to how have you a, doing, man? Trying to have a conversation. Yeah, exactly. I, I actually heard that the other day. <laughs> I'm I, sure I, you did. I had, to get up, I had to get up early. And I want, and so I was, you know, you know how his time, and we've always been done this. You drive around, and you're interested to see what else is on radio. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So I'm sure. driving around and I'm listening to the station that we used to ridicule a lot, if you, if you recall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> CCO, two guys. KDWB, which one? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, this was the the what we like to call the elderly neighbor. Ah, yes, exactly. Which is all a bunch and, of flame uh, and lefties now. That place it is, has really yeah. changed. <laughs> what? Oh yeah, oh oh yeah. Well, Chad, who's a good friend of mine, by the way, I think the world of Chad, but he is further left than anybody I've ever met. Holy God! You know, I had I actually had no idea. Oh Um, yeah, he's very very. John Williams does. They got a black woman on there named Shalita Brundage. I mean, it's it's it's, I listen to that station fairly often, and I can't believe that it's the same. 
And, you know, they're well, an AM station that's managed to stay relevant at some yeah. level. That's, yeah. There aren't many of those. No, that's true. Well, there were two, there were two white guys in talking. And, and first of all, you know, two, two guys, two white guys the same age talking. They sound alike. You can't tell one from the other. And I thought for a moment, I thought it was actually one guy pretending to be two guys. Mm. Well, like Steve Cannon. Like Cannon, right. Except with Cannon, they were characters. These guys were just very boring guys. So you don't know who's who. And they're talking. And this guy's talking about a trip he took to Portland. And then he's talking about he's going city by city in Oregon and where they wear masks and where they don't. Oh, and then yeah. And then he starts getting into the as I said thing, right? Oh. Whenever you hear a guy on radio say, and, and as I said, that's when, you, that's when you turn it off. Yeah, no, you're right. He's got nothing, nothing to say. We'll close this hour with a very quick... Uh, uh, now, are, are you on the second hour, or are you, are you just on the first hour, Mike? I don't even know. Nobody ever told me. It's your show. Now, You're the one you set it up. Well, no, I, but I just want to make well, sure he's comfortable doing that. the second hour is your show. So. Whatever works for the uh, show. Well, oh. stick around if you don't have anything to do. Well, yeah, we're, we're calling two you. guests the when. I actually just call in one. Oh, when? Probably right after the commercials when we start. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I guess it depends on uh, if you want to talk to who is our guest and what are they on about. Well, it was a, uh, a brilliant idea of mine and Alan's that didn't, hasn't really panned out. Like so we were looking ones? for podcasts, short material for this automotive software company that we're working for. And, and they're like, yeah, we can talk about the product. I said, nobody's going to want to listen to that. Why don't we talk? Have we'll solicit people to tell us the worst experiences they've ever had buying a car and we can collect them and it'll be a great way to like yeah that's a great idea so we were talking about that on the morning show the only guy who's brave enough to talk about it sent me a three-page letter about how effed up walzer was 20 years ago (laughs) i'm like okay you were you took the time to do all this i'm gonna put you on so did you really oh god so mike if you could stay with us at least for a little while yeah i'll I'll just uh i'll listen to that and i'll come back after uh after that segment yeah okay well you could talk during the segment too you can do whatever you want mike okay not a lot of structure We'll take a break. Be back in about five minutes with part two. And part two, of course, is Car Selling Secrets with Doug Sprinthal.